Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton. In this episode, uh, we're going to reach out to Jerry Hamilton, On3 national recruiting analyst and recruiting analyst for Inside Texas. Uh, Jerry spent... Uh, most of this week in the state of Louisiana, where the Longhorns are pursuing a number of targets. Some of them are coming in for official visits this weekend. Uh, some of them are coming in, including one big one, for an unofficial visit as well. Uh, so let's go ahead and get right to it. Uh, but before we do that, please remember to subscribe to this video if you like videos like this, want more team and recruiting information. And then also please consider subscribing personally to InsideTexas.com, uh, which is the source for uh, the Longhorns on the internet for uh, team news and recruiting. So let's get going. Jerry Hamilton, welcome in. Hey, thanks for having me, Bobby. And for the guys that watch me occasionally on this, yes, I'm having a bad hair day, but that's what happens when you get in from New Orleans at 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> what hair, Jerry? What hair? And a hair club for men over here. So, um, hey, let's just start at the top. You were in Louisiana earlier this week visiting, I guess, six guys that Texas is recruiting down there. But let's start with where you were last night late, and that's Arch Manning, uh, Will Randall, school the tight end also. Uh, tell us what you saw there uh, and out of Arch and what you learned in his recruitment. Yeah, I think the first thing is, you know, look, we it was on our Inside Texas thread. It was on the Twitter handles. Um, Steve Sarkeesian, A.J. Milwee were at the game. They stayed the entire game. They got there. 30 minutes before the game, they stayed until the very end. Uh, Arch Manning, Isidore Newman dropped the tough one to St. Charles Catholic, 12-7. Uh, you know, look, Arch is um, – he didn't have his best game. And you, what, what, you, what I find really refreshing about the kid is interviewing him afterwards. He said, I didn't play well tonight, but it was cool that Coach Sarkeesian was there. I mean, he's a, he's a very mature kid, and I think that just adds to – kind of the way we look at him as a prospect. I mean, he's got he's got the quickest release since Dan Marino, and that's not a player comparison, right? With I want people to be clear on that. But his release is unbelievably quick. Uh, his arm's always at a 90-degree angle. It's like, it's like Kevin Murray teaching Kyler Murray, right? There's no wasted motion, Bobby. The ball's out quick. What you see, that ball's not two split seconds late getting there. It's there. Um and he's he's grown, you know, he's six, three and a half, closing on six, four, 218, 220 pounds now. I mean, he is a big kid. He's retaining his athleticism. Like one of the things I think that makes him has accelerated his growth as a quarterback, more so than who you who you're taking coaching from, Peyton and Eli and the family, is you know. Newman is a great school to go to, but Bobby, you know this covering, not a great program because they just don't have the talent. So he plays under duress a good, a high percentage of the time. And I think that's forced him to make quarterback plays and, and just learn how to play the position, be reactive to things, you know, and, and I think that accelerates your learning process. You know, I can tell you on the recruiting front um, with Arch, his best coach relationship is Steve Sarkeesian. Like, I have no doubt from being down there that's true. Um, 
And, and you know, Arch said, told me last night after the game, he said, look, it's it, it, Coach Sark is laid back. Um, he has a relationship where I can I can feel like I can call him and we just talk about life more than football. So I, I think that's very interesting. Uh, you know, and if you talk to people around Newman, Sarkeesian's done the best job in this recruitment to date. I mean, to date, uh, Sarkeesian's done a great job in this recruitment. Um, look, he'll, he'll, he'll be on campus. He's probably he's in the air right now uh, with tight end and good friend Will Randall in that 2023 class. This is a multi-day visit to Texas. That's another thing to look at with this. All the other trips were one-day trips. This is a full weekend trip. Uh, to Austin. I mean, you know, so th there's going to be a lot of time spent on campus, checking out the campus life, right? Um, checking out, you know, if you're interested in a fraternity, maybe checking that out. There's a couple of guys uh, that went to Newman that played on his high school team the last couple of years that are students at Texas now. So there's some, there's some things outside of football that I think Arch really likes the city of Austin. Um, I, I think Texas is in a good spot. Is it done? Absolutely not. I think they're in a good spot. Nothing's done when Kirby Smart and Georgia and Nick Saban and Alabama are your competition and Dabo and Clemson. I mean, they'll be at Ole Miss next weekend when Eli Manning's jersey's retired, then they'll go to Clemson October 30th for the Florida State game. And I think that is when Texas fans and all the fans that are, the school's arch is considering are going to have a really good feel for this recruitment. Does he decide that he's done? After that, or does he go into February and make a couple extra junior day visits before he decides? Yeah, I, I tell you, I, just thinking about it, and you know, I've been doing this for 25 plus years, you, you as well. And um, certain recruits move the needle, right? Um, and here's a guy that is the, and I want to ask you about this other thing too, but here's a guy that is the number one recruit in his class in 2023. He has the opportunity to truly move the needle with a decision if he decides to make it in, in a reasonable amount of time. Now, that doesn't mean he should per se. It, it's, right. it's, it's gotta be up to him, but this is one of those domino recruitments. Yes. I don't think there's any question that, that where he goes might influence an Evan Stewart or a Jante Cook, the two receivers, uh, number one receiver in the class of 2022 from the state of Texas, and then number one receiver in the class of 2023 from Texas, right? I mean. Yeah. Uh, Reuben Owens is, is even mentioned, Hey, this, it would be nice to have a, a, a guy like that that can take some pressure off the running game. Um, and he's the, the 2023 running back from El Campo. Um, the, the thing I would ask you from having been down there and visited with him and watched him, uh, you feel confident, not just about where Texas is and, and where his recruitment is. How do you feel about his ranking as the number one overall prospect? Is it, and I was asked this question, and the reason I'm throwing it to you now is, right. is the last name Manning why he's the number one recruit in the country, or is it him? It's him. Uh, you know, Charles Power and I have had long discussions about this. You know, and then when you kind of dig into it and, and, and you realize his football IQ is really high, he's a processor, right? I mean, he's a very intelligent guy. If you look at these guys that are having the most success, photographic memories, right? The guy that can talk about – Dang, you know, this third and seven play three weeks ago and tell you where the receiver messed up the route or where he misread the coverage, right? He, though, he has that type of memory. He has that type of intelligence. So when you put the talent, the size, the release, uh, put it all together, I, you know, look, I, I love having him number one. I don't, I don't think it has anything to do with the name. 
Um, I, I, I think the other thing with him is, you know, one of the things that Coach Stewart uh, said uh, before talking to him before the game is he has a lot more arm power than you see, but he doesn't play with a lot of fast guys. And so, you know, you have to you have to learn to take a lot off the ball and, and you you can't just sit there and wing it like he has the ability to do. Um, so I think there's a lot there that hasn't even been unlocked as a prospect. He's going to be a December graduate. So next year he's going to come in and compete in the spring. So I, I, I just, I love the kid as a prospect. I think he's mature. I think Bobby, one of the things last night, you know, when you're in this business a lot and it's why seeing guys, seeing them in practice or play is so important that was a tough night for Arch. Um, they, he had pressure on him the whole game. Things did not go his well, way. He threw a pick on the first possession, right? Had a couple of receivers that didn't go get a ball for a touchdown or a big third down completion to keep a drive alive. But he handled it with maturity. There's no – it's an even-keeled deal with, with Arch. After the game, you know, he's not a guy, kid that does a lot of interviews. Chad Simmons and myself were there. We were told he was going to do the interviews. That It could have been easy for him to say, I'll pass and go on. Some kids do it. He didn't. You know, he did a local interview there. Uh, then he took talked to myself. Then he talked to Chad. And those are big things as you mature a, 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 as a young man and as an athlete. And I think he showed all the – I think he's checking all the boxes for me and Charles Power and even Chad, who was there last night we were talking about. He's checking the boxes. Yeah. I tell you what, this is uh, interesting to me because I, I, I want to, this is going to date me a little bit, but uh, back when I ran a company called the National Recruiting Advisor in 1994, I think that's how long ago it is. I ranked his uncle Peyton Manning, the number one quarterback and number one player in the country over a guy named John David Booty. Oh yeah. Who ended up uh, going to LSU and you know, everybody said, well, John David, he's, he's going to, he's a first round baseball draft pick too. He's more athletic. You're just going on the name alone, the Manning name alone. And here's the deal with that. Okay. I went down there and watched Peyton Manning play in per person. And I talked to him and I visited with him and I'm just going to tell you, I walked away and said, okay, I don't know who really is the number one player in the country because sometimes it's just, I mean, there's a lot of great players, right? But I said, I would bet everything I own at age 25, I guess, or however old I was at the time, I would bet everything I own that this guy is going to be an NFL quarterback for 10 years. Yep. I mean, everything I own, because everything told me, yes, 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 everything. Um, and he wasn't the best athlete. I mean, there were – John Day was a better athlete. I mean, no question. Randy Stewart, who signed with him to go to Tennessee at the same time, was a better athlete. I didn't question that. Right. But unquestionably, who was going to get the most out of themselves and still have the technique and the ability? I mean, Peyton Manning had it. And I, I, if, if you're feeling the same way, I, I get where you're coming from because other people may look prettier. It, it's just football is not necessarily a game completely driven by athleticism. It's also, uh, you know, brain. It's also reactionary quickness. It's also, Definitely. you know, what have you seen before and able to apply it to go forward? And I'm just telling you, Peyton Manning had it back then. Uh, and it sounds like that's what you're saying. Arch Manning has. Well, and one of the things with Arch is, you know, look, he's, he's part of making a game plan every week. He wants to be in on that every week. So he's really advanced in his thinking as a quarterback 
And, and I think that's huge. I mean, look, he, he makes he'll check in and out of things at the line as a junior in high school. Right. I mean, when you turn the keys over in that situation as a coach, you have to have a lot of trust in your young underclassman player. And the fact that they've done that um, at Isidore Newman and what you learn when you sit there and talk to people and that coaching staff is, is how locked in this kid is as a student of the game at the quarterback position. And I think that is probably when you get past that baseline talent level, all the things we talk about, I think that's just so important, especially nowadays because the get Bobby, the game moves so fast that you have to be a quick thinker. You have to be able to, like you say, react, uh, not just physically, but mentally, uh, because the game's played at such a pace now, uh, it's changed. And those processors and those guys that can, you know, if you miss the five-foot putt, you can move right on to the next to the next putt, right? The next play are huge at the quarterback position. Yeah, I, so I know we spent an inordinate amount of time on Arch Manning, but he is considered the number one prospect in the country for next year. And he's coming uh, into town. He's but, yeah, and he's coming to town this weekend to, to see Texas and the Oklahoma State game is with his teammate, the tight end, Will Randall. Um, but I, I'm going to be blunt here. There are some dudes in Louisiana that aren't named Arch Manning. Right. <laughs> and so – and those do, a couple of those dudes are visiting Texas this weekend, and you saw a couple of them this week as well in practice and and uh, that and whatnot. Um, the two that are visiting Texas this weekend are Quincy Wig- Wiggins out of uh, Madison Prep in the Baton Rouge area, and Jacoby Matthews. Uh, Wiggins, by the way, defensive lineman. Jacoby Matthews, uh, the safety out of Ponchatoula. Tell us yep. a little bit about those guys and where they're at right now in the process. I'll tell you, I'll get to J- uh, Jacoby Matthews, what Hank Tyranny said about him, which blew me away second. But I'm going to start with Quincy Wiggins. You're on the hoof guy where you just kind of walk up to a guy, you say, oh, boy, if this guy <laughs> maximizes his talent. Quincy Wiggins looks unbelievable physically. And, and look, he's a basketball kid. That This is his second year playing high school football. And the story of why he started in the football, he's lived with the the basketball coach, Jeff Jones at Madison Prep, who's a very successful basketball coach. Uh, Was born in Austin, has family in Austin, something to remember in this recruitment. Uh, I spoke with him for about an hour. Um, I'm losing my days. Let's say earlier this week. But um, so they talked to Quincy about playing football if he didn't get a basketball offer. And Quincy, this was his sophomore year, and Quincy was like, eh, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure you know, about football. But then there was a Kentucky football coach in the spring that that asked about him. And Quincy thought it was a Kentucky basketball coach. And the Kentucky football coach said, I'll offer you if you play football. And from that point on, you know, Quincy was a, a big basketball guy. From that point on, that that message to him said, OK, let's give this football thing a try. And, but you're talking about a guy that's 6'6", 270, 275 pounds, 11-inch hands measured at various camps last summer, 85-inch wingspan. I mean, you look at him and you say, if that kid ever said, I want to play left tackle, he might be a top three pick in the draft, but he wants to be a defensive line. I'm not saying he can't be a defensive line, but you know how it goes, Bobby. You look at some of those guys, you're like, whoa, if you just dedicate yourself to this position, watch out. He's going to be a defensive lineman. I think what's going to be interesting is, is scheme. Uh, Florida, Texas, Bama, three-man fronts, right? LSU, four-man front. Well, you know, but with so many of those kids, what's going to happen at LSU? It's going to impact these recruitments, and it's going to make your Texas, your A&Ms, 
your Georgias, your Florida people recruiting these kids, it's going to make it a little tough on them because you're waiting to see, let's assume there's a change at LSU. We both think there is. Who's going to be hired and how that's going to affect these kids in December? So there's a lot of things at play. Wiggins loved this Florida visit. He really meshed with the defensive line guys there, Desmond Watson, a freshman. Um, so there's some guys that he meshed with at that Florida staff, and I think he liked Florida. I think he's always liked Florida. Texas, big vis- visit weekend. He was there already um, unofficially in June. He actually worked out for the staff, really impressed the staff. And he's a kid who's got a long way to go. Look, we have him ranked 55 in the country right now. That's more of a prospect than player ranking, honestly. I don't think if you turn on the film, Bobby, you would say, okay, he's a top 50 player. But as a prospect, you kind of see where it could go. He's going to visit uh, Alabama November 6th for the LSU game. And then you're going to kind of wait and see when he goes to LSU. I do believe if LSU was in a strong position right now, that's where the kid would go. Uh, and moving on to Jacoby Matthews. Yeah, I, wait, 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 wait. I just want to say this. So yeah. when you start talking about a guy that's 6'5", 6'6", 280, 11 in, that's what I'm talking about. That's a dude. Yes. <laughs> that's 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 the uh, that's the description. Right. right. Um, yeah. Go ahead. I'm, I'm anxious to hear what you had to say about what Hank Tierney, the coach. at Poncho, so I'm, I'm, Yeah. Let's Jacoby. let's tee up Jacoby Matthews because we have him ranked 42 in the country. And I walked away from there and say, man, well, man, I'm too low. Look, we don't have all the answers. This is a process. Hank Tierney's coach, multiple NFL players. Ryan Clark, Vance Joseph, uh, you know, then he's had guys like Mickey Joseph and his Terry Joseph story, how he got him in the coaching is hilarious, by the way. But I said, Coach, where does Jacoby rank? Because you've had a lot of guys that have played in the NFL and major college football players. He said, best athlete I've ever coached. Oh, wow. And I said, what? He said, best athlete I've ever coached. He said, now he's got to go do it and be the best player. But he said, he's the best athlete I've ever coached. He said, he started both ways as a freshman, could dunk the basketball any way you want it. He, he said, he's 6'1 and a half, 205. He said, he plays as a 4'5 guy. He said, I don't care what he tests. He plays really fast. He, you know, he said, he can be opposite hash and he has instincts. He said, that's the thing. He said, he's athletic with instincts. He said, he sees it. He's got good eyes. But just that a coach that's been coaching 40 plus years <laughs> says, best athlete I've ever coached. Bobby, knowing who he's coached in Louisiana, says a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, know, he's, he's, had, he's had guys go through his programs year after year after year. Every year, right? Yeah. Every year. I mean, he's got kids in that program now. A junior defensive lineman's been offered by LSU. So he's got those guys every year, like you said. But I, I think this is a recruitment. I, I, I believe Texas is behind on this one. I, I just do. I think AM's in a good spot. He's a former LSU commitment, but all the turmoil there, um, you know, Texas has done a good job. Terry Joseph has done a great job getting him on campus this weekend. But I do think they're coming from behind on this one. Look, I mean, he's going to visit Georgia in November because a lot of people just said, oh, it's AM, LSU, Texas. Well, when I, he just doesn't do a lot of interviews. When Chad Simmons and I we were sitting there at the practice and we're talking to him, we're like, what are your visits? What'd you say? He said, I'm going to Georgia in November. Florida the first week in December and Alabama December 12th. So we're like, oh, this recruitment's a little different than well, how it's been perceived, right? Yeah, it's, so, it's no longer just regional. Yeah, I mean, it's no longer Texas, Louisiana. I mean, it's now. That's right. You know, so if he follows time. through and takes those visits, you know, the December visits, it's going to be a photo finish recruitment. And then you have to see what happens with LSU, with the, whoever they hire, how that fit is. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You got a chance to go by the schools of two Texas commitments while you were down in Louisiana as well. Uh, Jamon Tapp, uh, defensive end, linebacker, hybrid kind of guy. And then Ronald Lewis uh, at, down in New Orleans at Easton High School. What did you think of those two guys? I'll start with Tap. Uh, interesting, his brother was a pretty good defensive tackle at Southern Miss. He's a first-year D-line coach. That was great to talk to him about uh, coaching Tap this year, his final year in high school. But Tap is – let's say he's untapped. Let's play a word game. He is really talented, Bobby. He's got tremendous feet. He's really flexible kid. Um, you know, he's got a lot of edge ability. He's got an edge ability that hasn't shown up on this Texas for this Texas team this year. And I'm not saying he's going to be better than a Baron Sorrell and some of those guys after they have a year under their belt, but he's got a different level of ability. I, I do think, uh, just the God given ability. Um, you know, he's got good length. Uh, he's got really good balls. Cause you know, Bobby, when you're at a practice, one of the things that impresses you with, with, with a defensive lineman or offensive lineman or something is when they know how to throw a football, right? <laughs> this kid's over on the sidelines after a water break, and he looks like he could play quarterback. You know, the ball comes out of his hand. He's got a high spin rate. It's just an athletic, natural movement. And, and those are those things that just say, oh, this dude's just a great athlete. Well, okay, I'm going to – I full disclosure here. So um, how big is he again? Just real He's 6'3", 240-ish. Okay, so – I agree with your assessment, and I'll tell you why. You sent back a video of him uh, at that size, and he was mirroring a wide a receiver. five court receiver. <laughs> I was just like, in pass, in pass defense, I'm like, you know, what? <laughs> he's, he's, he's absolutely – I don't know what how talented he is. I don't know what the ceiling is, right. but he's talented enough. That's right. Now, you just got to get, you know, he's one of those guys you got to get it out of him eventually. Um, Ronald Lewis, the DB out of Easton. Yeah, yeah, interesting. By the way, Warren Easton's loaded with prospects. I mean, they got a sophomore corner, Wallace Foster, who's already been offered by LSU. Texas is on him. He's good friends with Lewis. You know, Lewis is interesting. You know, he's a really good ball skills. I think the Easton staff thinks safety is his best spot long term, especially as he continues to fill out because he's a kid who's been a late developer physically. I would say six foot and a half, six one, maybe 165, 170 pounds, you know, depending on what he ate for breakfast. Um, but he's got tremendous ball skills. Texas wants to play him at corner and the staff can see that in the scheme that Texas is playing. They think best is best position long-term safety because he's got such good ball skills and instincts at that position. Um, but he's a kid who has a lot upside physically. He hasn't even scratched now. He hasn't scratched the surface. He almost looks like a kid that plays basketball. That's just now coming into football, even though that's not the case. He's just a late developer physically. Uh, he's a soft-spoken kid, but a confident kid. Uh, he's a kid that is going to come in and compete. There is no doubt he's going to come in and compete and answer the bell physically, even though he's kind of like, and I'm not comparing him as a player, but kind of like Xavier Worthy. You know, he's a slide of build kid, but I don't think you have to worry about the physicality. And I think that's a trait with New Orleans kids, right? Those kids are, uh, they're physical kids. State of Louisiana kids are physical, but he's going to need, they're, they're going to have to get him stronger. I think to play at a really high level, but he's got ball skills. The staff's very high on him. And I'll tell you what, Bobby, I'm sure you've been through Warren Easton over the years, but they are loaded with kids. Now they have five D one guys on the offensive line centers going to Purdue. 
Um, you know, quarterbacks, a D1 guy, three secondary guys are D1 guys. I mean, that school is really talented. And all the, all the coaches were former college players, too. So I felt really out of place athletically there. I have indeed been by that school. And so I, I've been I think I've been to almost I, well, except for any new ones they've had in the last right. 10 years. I think I've been to all of them. But, um, you know, the thing about Lewis and you mentioned the ball skills. And I, I think that uh, Texas did a nice job eval there. Um, because they did not uh, did not wait on that one, and I think he would be a guy right now that would be picking up more interest late in the process uh, if they hadn't. Let's let's go from all those guys um, in Louisiana that we just talked to, and if I miss somebody, please let me know. Uh, but let's go from that because Matthews and Wiggins are on, are on official visits. Correct. The other uh, the other official visits this week are Ernest Green, yep. big offensive lineman. Out of, uh, out of California, Malik Ogbo still coming in, the big offensive lineman out of uh, the Seattle area, and then Larry Turner Gooden, the safety out of the L.A. Uh, area. That, those, those guys, and then is, is Jaleel Skinner, the tight end that's committed to Alabama out of IMG, is that an official or unofficial visit? It should be an unofficial visit because I, he officialed in June. So okay, this okay, be an sorry about visit, that. Which is interesting, right? That's an interesting uh, part to the recruiting process and also that – you know, Texas isn't giving up on him. Um, you know, we'll start with Ernest Green. I think, you know, he was an Ohio State lean probably at the start of the recruiting process. I think Georgia's taking the lead now. I mean, I've got a little intel on that in the last couple of days. Um, he was out there at Georgia at September 11th when Arch Manning was in town when they beat uh, South Carolina. I think Georgia's made a strong move here with Ernest Green. Uh, he's a guy that Sarkeesian and Flood covet. Obviously, they had him in in June. They have not backed off this recruitment. As many good linemen as there are in the state of Texas, they've stayed on Ernest Green. We talked about how important it is that Sarkeesian wants to recruit that SoCal area, especially while there's some questions around the USC program, right? I mean, Ernest Green in 2004 is already committed to USC, right? Now he's not, and those kids are leaving a little bit more. Um, no different than the state of Texas. I mean, so it, it's a battle for USC to keep those kids home. But I think right now, Ernest Green is a Georgia lean heading into his Texas official visit uh, with his family. Uh, Malik Ogbo is a wild card recruitment for me because, look, that one looked like LSU early. It's not now, whether that's on the LSU side or the Ogbo side. I uh, visited Oklahoma and Miami. I pointed it out the last time. Uh, we spoke, Bobby, but the fact that he's officialing the Texas and already official to Oklahoma, I think that's good for both of those schools. I mean, it shows a genuine interest in both of those programs who play each other and are rivals. Uh, so I think that helps both of those guys in this uh, recruitment. And he's scheduled to be at Auburn in November and Florida in November. There's a chance he could flip one of those to go to Arizona State. We'll see. Uh, I think Larry Turner Gooden on the surface is the guy they have the best shot at right now. And that's, that's not the saying they can't win out for Green or Ogbo, but I think Larry Turner, once he decommitted from Arizona State, now he was at Penn State for the Auburn game, and you're not beating that atmosphere. So, look, these guys, these Texas staff knows that. But uh, this is a kid that Texas has been on a long time um, as a safety prospect. I, uh, we talked about it last time. Physically, he's not the imposing guy. He doesn't look like Overshone or B.J. Foster coming out of high school, obviously. He's a kid who's maybe a little undersized, 5'10 and a half, 175, 180, really long arms. Uh, for a kid that size, got good ball skills. So I, I think he's a kid who is maybe fits the mold of the more that this, the way college and his safeties are going now. You don't have to be the biggest, fastest guy. You just have to be a really good football player. Yeah, the that's a little bit like the the Lewis kid, right? Yeah, um, out of New Orleans. Um, the the piece that I want to go to next is is a guy 
that we talked about at being the number one receiver in the state of Texas in 2022. Um, and he's, he's announced that he's coming in for the game as well. Uh, and that's Evan Stewart. Now, Evan was once committed to Texas uh, and then backed off of that. Um, uh, and frankly, uh, this is a this is big news for Texas, because I think there was some thought that that Texas couldn't really get off the the Florida leads campaign on him. Right. And uh, apparently there's been some movement in the last couple of weeks, maybe a month or so, where it's kind of been this gentle uh, thing where he's all of a sudden. Texas is very, very much back in the picture for Evan, uh, and uh, he, he's coming in this weekend. Anything to, to add to that, Jerry? Yeah, I think Texas has been trending there for the last two or three weeks. And, look, he's really close with Nick Evers, uh, the on-300 quarterback committed to Florida from Flower Mound High, um, and that family. He's very close with that family. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, look, Evan was committed to Texas, and, and, and he committed to Texas because of Steve Sarkeesian in that offense. And that's one thing that hasn't changed. It's not like he was committed to a different coach and then there was a change. He was committed uh, to Steve Sarkeesian in that offense. And then, you know, he, he probably made a decision a little too quick for him and started the process over again. He's scheduled to be at Alabama November 6th. Well, that's something to watch to see if he makes that trip. Um, you know, and we'll see kind of what happens if there's any other visits. I know Georgia's lately has tr maybe tried to get him on campus. LSU continues to try to get him on campus. Uh, but I think Texas is, is actually been trending in this recruitment quietly for a couple, three weeks. And I'm, I'm with you. Huge that he's on campus this weekend, obviously with Arch there. Uh, Evan's on his way, I think, right now uh, to Austin. So uh, both those guys are going to be in Austin today, this afternoon after lunchtime. Uh, but look, we can talk about this and we can talk about it a thousand times. We're going to be right a thousand times with the wide receivers, Brennan Thompson. I mean, when you see what Xavier Worthy's doing as a freshman in the offense, that matters. I mean, that matters to these kids. Look, I mean, nobody at that position, they don't want, nobody wants to go sit. You want to go somewhere that's a great scheme and you see young guys getting the football in creative ways. And where you can envision yourself being that guy scoring that touchdown. And I think that's easy for guys like Evan Stewart and Brennan Thompson right now. Yeah, I do. I agree with that because I think that ultimately, um, you know, you have to, the, the proof is in the pudding, right? And yeah. I really think that's why Florida's kind of fallen off. I mean, even Florida's the first round draft pick from last year, while he was a great player, that offense didn't necessarily Right. profile him the way that, that an Evan Stewart's going to want to see. Um, and, and I think that Sark can get these guys in space, like as good or better than anybody. And that includes anybody that that includes Bill O'Brien at Alabama or uh, Todd Munkin at Georgia or whoever. Uh, right. I just think he does a tremendous job and that's got to be eye opening to a guy. Uh, Stewart was at the Texas OU game last weekend too, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, he yeah, saw I mean, that firsthand. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, I, that's one, and that's pretty easy to recruit to, right? If you're Sarkeesian, because you're like, look what Xavier Worthy's doing. Now, what, what happens when I put you on the other side of the field? What are we going to be? What are we going to look like then? And Bijan's in the backfield, and we got two other running backs that are really good behind him. I mean, and Brennan Thompson's coming in. So, what can we be if we put all this together? I think that's kind of the recruiting pitch right now. And now Sarkeesian with the bat standing the plate, the big, the big, the big recruitment is Arch Manning right behind it saying, well, look, we're putting these pieces together, right? If we it's can put like these a, pieces together. Yeah. Yeah. They fit together, right? Yeah. Is the thought process. Um, and Jaleel Skinner, let's talk, let's hit on Skinner real quick. Okay. Look, 
committed to Alabama. Um, Florida and Texas were finished second, third, however they finished. Um, but, you know, Jeff Banks has done a really good job recruiting that father and the kid. And I talked to Skinner's mom earlier this week, and she said it's it was already scheduled. They're following through on the trip. But, Bobby, we've been doing this long enough to know you just don't take trips like this that are unofficial visits. So the, the interest is going to continue. The recruitments aren't over until these kids sign, especially if, if you give up when that kid commits to Alabama – you're not really doing your job, right? You recruit these guys until that letter of intent signed. And so Texas, Jeff Banks, they're doing what they should be doing. Uh, and they fought to get the kid back on campus. And, you know, look, you see, see what happens. And I think Alabama having two tight ends committed made some sense for Skinner because he still sees himself as a big receiver. Obviously, we see him as a tight end long term. Uh, but we'll see if, if Texas can make up some ground there this weekend. Um, before we get going, I want to – and there's there's a there's so many prospects coming to Texas this weekend. We cannot go over all of them. Um, and there's some key ones that we can't go over. Jante Cook. I mean, Harris Sewell. Yeah, I mean, there's just yeah. there's too many, right? Um, and, and that includes some commitments that are already coming in as well. I mean, there's just there's too many. Um, but I want to mention a couple uh, that are maybes. I think right based on what you've talked talked to. And the reason I want to bring them up, are, uh, they're from North Shore. And you mentioned Jeff Banks. Well, on Thursday night, Jeff Banks, the Texas tight ends assistant special teams coach, as well as Bo Davis, uh, the defensive line coach, were at North Shore uh, to, watch, uh, uh, to watch Chris Ross, Denver Harris, uh, and those guys play against Sumner Creek, which had Kelvin Banks. Yeah. So – you, you know, anything that you you've learned about that grouping or, or what's going on there and are they coming in? Or are they not? What's going on? Yeah. I, um, Denver's a maybe, maybe LSU, maybe Texas this weekend. I still think it's in the balance. I think he's told some people LSU's most likely. Um, I, I, Eric, Eric Nolene and I kind of, we talked this morning and it's more of a maybe, but I think you leaned him going to LSU, but it's still more of a maybe. By the way, it was a second game back. Um, Summer Creek did not test him last night uh, much, but he showed some some confidence coming up in the run game, which is great to see as he gets ready for the playoffs. But that recruitment, look, it's still Texas, LSU, Alabama. But when Denver Harris didn't commit on September 22nd on his 18th birthday to Alabama, I think Texas said, hmm. We got we got a real shot here now, and and I think Texas has made some some great moves with him. Um, you know, look, he's been on campus already this year. Um, I, I think they've done a great job with the family in this recruitment. So we'll see what happens. Um, Texas Cal- also has two. Hey, Texas also has two graduating senior cornerbacks. That's right. You know, That's which right. not all of the, not all those guys can say at those teams. So. That's right. That's absolutely true. Um, and, you know, I'll get to uh, Chris Ross because apparently he was really good last night at the game. But Kelvin Banks, uh, you know, he's he's been in contact with Texas. Right. And what's interesting is somebody a, a, another parent of a, a top prospect told me a week ago that he hadn't really been in contact with Texas A&M, but he had been in contact with Texas a little bit. And, you know, I think there's some things in play there that could uh, help Texas um, long term in the recruitment. But the main thing is he hasn't shut off communication um, and he is receptive. And the Texas staff feels like there's a reason to keep recruiting Kelvin Banks. And and, and there's an outside chance he may be in Austin this weekend. We'll see. I, you know, that one's one that 
he'll I'll have to either get word he's in the car he's going or you see him there really uh, Mario Cristobal was at the game last week uh, not the North Shore game the week before so you know I think they know that you know there's some some possibilities going on there uh, that Kelvin's still keeping communication open um, so that'll be just interesting to follow and by the way he played phenomenal last night from what I was told like I was told by somebody I was like uh, your next update, five star updated on three. He needs to be a guy. Yeah, point no, blank. He's, point watched, blank, Bobby. <laughs> I watched a little bit of it, and I was extraordinarily impressed. Yeah. I mean, ex- I mean, he. I think. I think whoever told you that is spot on. I mean, he is. He is athletic. He is long, and he is mean. And he got physical. He got more that's, physical as a senior. That's what I'm saying. Guy. He got mean. I mean, he was mean yeah. in that that game. And and you know what though, this is a, and you know this is true too. When you play North Shore, sometimes bring they back. bring it out of you. They yes. make you be that way. Well, and last and honestly, last year Summer Creek North Shore they got North and Summer Creek got annihilated last year, right? I mean, North Shore was a tremendous football team, but Kelvin, the physicality that he showed last night against North Shore, he didn't show a year ago against North Shore, right? And But that's, I think, just a maturity. I mean, he's tremendous in pass, bro. His talent is there. He's an 82-inch wingspan, so whatever his arm length is, he's got 10-inch hands. He's got all that stuff, and he's a smart kid. But now he's added the physicality, the going out every Friday to be the most physical player on the field piece, the final piece for him as a high school prospect, and now he just looks tremendous. I'll say this. Chris Ross was awesome last night based on uh, two people I talked to one of them on the losing end um, that was extremely impressed with Chris Ross is just quickness, you know, because oh, look, Bobby, we've been doing this long enough. When that kid threw the shot, put 60 foot, nine inches, we texted each other last year after that meet and said, Oh, you know, Oh, that's, that's a different step, especially 60 for a, is a different level. 60 is a different level. And then when you <laughs> realize the kid has an 80 inch wingspan, I mean, so it's not like he's short arm pressing this thing, right? I mean, he's an athlete that's spinning and extending. Um, and so in all that transfers over, that athleticism transfers over to the football field. And I think what makes him such a tremendous prospect, we have him 59 in the country, he's untapped physically, though. I mean, look, he's 6'3", 275, 280, depending on when in the week you, you weigh him. But he's going to be 6'3", 295 in the most athletic defensive lineman on the field. I mean, Texas doesn't have anybody that athletic on the defensive line right now. All right, Jerry, I thank you for joining us. I, we did not get to everybody. That's how many kids are coming in to the Oklahoma for the Oklahoma State game this weekend. Jerry, you're on your way up there, I believe, right? I'm, I'm leaving in a couple hours. That's yeah, correct. exactly. So we, we shot this just for, for so everybody has kind of a timestamp. Jerry and I shot this around 1130 on Friday morning so Jerry could get going to Austin uh, for a game tonight and then uh, uh, to, ch- to check out the prospects on, on Saturday. Uh, again, please consider subscribing to InsideTexas.com. Uh, that's where Jerry and I both spend a lot of time and, and really uh, we're writing or reporting on, on there daily. Uh, and it's a, it's a great deal right now. I think it's half off uh, for an annual subscription. Also, please consider um, just pl- pressing like and subscribing to this YouTube video channel uh, or uh, like us on the uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, once again, I'm Bobby Burton for Jerry Hamilton. Uh, thanks for joining us on On Texas Football. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.